Welcome to the Lead Gen Leaders Podcast, connecting you to the leading minds in home improvement to discuss all things marketing and leadership. And now, your host, Kyle Powers. Welcome to the Lead Gen Leaders Podcast. I am your host, Kyle Powers. And today's guest is going to bring some phenomenal information on making sure you can get and retain the right people on your team. He is an entrepreneur, a professional business speaker, and an executive consultant focused on all human decision. He works with organizations of all shapes and sizes and is also a licensee and consultant for the Cultural Index. I'd like to welcome Chaz Mascarino. Hello, Chaz. Hello, how are you? I'm doing well and yourself today. Great, thanks for having me. Yeah, I, I'm really intrigued to have you on the show today uh, because you've kind of changed your business and, and really, you know, from talking to you, kind of changed your life by utilizing um, some really effective tools uh, in your business uh, that you believe so much in that uh, you actually started uh, consulting and, and offering those, those tools out. And so could you maybe tell the listeners a little bit about you, you know, the business that you're in? Uh, and kind of, you know, the history of your businesses. Yeah, great. So um, I started my business when I was 19 years old. So one of those typical trying to pay for college stories. So scaled it from about two people, and we have over 120 people today. And we're in uh, landscape architecture, contracting, and we do some general contracting work as well. And through my journey, I joined a group called Entrepreneur Organization, EO, and um, it was a great experience for me. And I'm still uh, a member today, a moderator of my forum. But through that journey, there was different tools that I picked up. EOS was one of them. Culture Index was one of them. Sandler Sales Training was one of them. And I was implementing those into my business. And, um, you know, they all were very significant for me. But I had a, uh, I had a strategic move I had to make. I... I, I just found that I was miserable going to work every day. I, I didn't enjoy it. I woke up every day. I was not happy going there. And um, so I leaned into my forum and I said, listen, guys, I need to make a strategic move. I need to hire an integrator for my business. What do I do? What, you know, can you guys give me some experience shares around this? And they said, Chaz, why don't you talk to uh, my advisor? And so I, uh, I spoke to a couple of their advisors and uh, they uh, – we, they were with culture index at the time. I kept hearing about the program. And so I'm like, fine, I'll bite. I was in enough pain where I just wanted some data. I wanted someone to bounce some ideas off of. And so they're like, Hey, t give this survey to your, your leadership team and you take it too. And I'm like this silly survey, this seven minute thing is going to tell you that much information. Right. And they're like, yeah, just do it. So um, I finally did it. I sent it out to my leadership team, jumped on a phone call and I was just blown away at the, 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 the candor and the validity of what this human being was telling me on the other line of the phone, who's never met me before, had no idea about my team. And um, he helped push me to make a strategic move that I would never have made with my business, um, a, a person decision that I would never have made with my business. Um, it was the right decision. And ultimately, it really transformed the way I uh, worked in my business. I, I mean, I, I became a client. I started hiring some different people that I never would have hired, 
And it greatly improved not only the quality of my life, but, but my business. And so, you know, long story short, after I did that, um, I fell in love with the data. I fell in love with the human analytics. And I decided I wanted to start helping other CEOs and other business owners and leadership teams. And that's kind of how I started my journey uh, with Culture Index. Awesome. Yeah, that's a great story. A lot of uh, great ideas are, are birthed out of kind of desperation, right? Trying to get better and, and get out of the, the rat wheel of, uh, of every day of trying to get at work. And, you know, something kind of behind that, uh, you know, for our listeners, you know, they're trying to build, you know, their home improvement business, home services business. They're, they're worried about generating leads and making sales. And I know just for my you know, personal history of, of building teams and stuff. One of the, the biggest stressors I always had is, yeah, okay, we, we had the systems in place to, to generate the leads, to make the sales, but not having the right people there doing that just caused an awful lot of stress trying to essentially fit right the round peg in the square hole, uh, you know, kind of thing. And so tell me what this tool cultural index helps you do with that. Yeah, you know, great, great question. And I mean, first of all, I mean, what what we are and what we're not is, I think, really important. And so, like, what what we do inside the Culture Index program is is we study, interpret, and mobilize seven work related traits, and really, in order to drive three outcomes for for my CEOs, which is more revenue, more profit, and sustainable scalability. And so, you know. We have 90% of our clients, over 90% of our ideal clients stick with us every year because of our unique ability to mobilize extremely valid data into meaningful human objective decisions to drive companies. And so we're known for a few things in our industry. We're known for our validity, accuracy, and our bloody candor. Um, What we don't do is kumbaya, rainbows, and butterflies. I mean, we're here to tell CEOs in a direct, blunt, factual manner you know, like I told you before, not to be disrespectful, but to tell them what they need to hear because there's a war on talent and we don't pitter patter around it. It's all about bigger, faster, stronger, seven work related traits. And my specialty is mobilization of this data inside these companies. So to get to your question about sales um, and, how, and how do we drive sales growth is, I mean, we've heard it a million times. It's all about the right people in the right seats. You know, it's, 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 it truly is about that and understanding what someone's strengths and weaknesses are before we put them into a position. Um, and so I can go in a few different directions with this is that one, um, the reason why it was so impactful for me is because one, I was miserable going to work every day and I was modifying my behavior to be someone that I naturally wasn't at work. And so for me, if I could go into work and just focus on my strengths, hire people around me to pick up my weaknesses. Um, it was, it, it became a game changer for me. And I, and I hear so many times where CEOs, you know, I, I talk to them all the time though. Yeah, yeah. I'm really working on that. I'm really working on changing that. And when I'm starting to work with them, I don't want you to change that. I tell them, let's focus on what you're really good at and let's build the team around you where you're weak at. And so when we go to the sales side of this, um, you know, naturally, I asked the first question, is this an offensive or a defensive type sales role? And most of the time I get, it's an offensive role. Okay, great. So we are looking for an offensive player that's going to be a hunter gatherer. or Are they going to be a farmer? What exactly are they going to be doing? And so what we do with the program is we build what ideal looks like on the front end. So what we call it, it's our C job analysis is what we call it. It's just a fancy, it's a fancy questionnaire that we put out. 
And for whoever's opinion that we want to get inside the organization, we have them take this 10-minute survey, and they build what that ideal position looks like. And so now we're taking the guesswork out of what it is on the front end. And so if we do go off to market for a position and we look internally and there's no one there for that sales role and we go out to market, our software will stack rank the candidates from a 0% match to 100% match based on what that ideal is. And so we're taking that guesswork out of uh, the equation on the front end. And not only, yeah, it absolutely makes a lot of sense. And, and when you kind of showed me in the demonstration the other day, when you pulled up that position, you know, that you had built a profile for and, and then showed me all the, the resumes that you had attached and, and yeah, and it ranked percentage wise at how well their profile fits, you know, that job. I thought that was really cool. And in building out those positions, you, it's not just for sales or just for marketing, but you can build it out for production. You can build it out for finance. You can, I mean, any position, right? Yeah, and so great, great point. And let's let's drop it down. Like in my business, um, you know, like a, a a field technician might make fourteen or fifteen dollars an hour, right? Our attrition rate there, um, about five years ago, we were over thirty eight percent in the field attrition. Okay, I mean, so what does that cost top line and bottom line when we're churning through like that? And so what we realized, if we just drop it even toward that technician level, so we have a construction foreman, enhancement foreman, a maintenance foreman. They're all three different profiles, what we look for. And so when we started hiring based on that and taking existing people on the team and just moving them into different roles, our attrition rate started dropping. Okay, we, And we saved 38% over a five-year period to change our attrition rate in the field, which dramatically changed our top line and bottom line just by getting the right people in the right seats from the beginning. And so, yes, to answer your question, you can take it from the bottom all the way up to the top. Yeah, that's great. And I, I know one of the biggest questions that uh, I get, you know, when I go to seminars um, in, in different webinars and all these things is, is how to recruit talent, right? They all, how do you find them? Where do you find them? And so we work a lot at Tony Hody, you know, consulting on, on helping companies recruit and find that talent. And you're really kind of that, that next step after finding the people is making sure that you're essentially taking the guesswork out of it does, you know, is this person a fit, you know, to what you build that job out as. And because I see so many companies that, you know, essentially hire in desperation, right? And so what we were kind of talking about in the beginning, why you initially got into cultural index, you know, is because you were stressed, you were trying to be someone that you weren't, you didn't have the right people in the right areas. And so once someone learns how to recruit somebody, they still make a lot of hiring, you know, decisions just based on essentially gut feel. And so you're really just kind of a, a, another tool that greatly opens up what that person can see and, and tell about that candidate to see if they would be a fit for that position or not. Um, and so in, in our industry, a lot of uh, people probably know what the, the DISC profile is. Uh, that's been around for a while, and I, and I started seeing a cultural index uh, over the last few years, get more widely known in our uh, in our industry. Could you maybe talk about a little bit of the difference of the two, and and where cultural index may really exceed for the listeners? Yeah, great question. So, you know, this this isn't voodoo. It hasn't come out of nowhere. And you know, really, back in the 1950s is when this testing industry really started, and that's when DISC was unveiled. It was it was truly the first four quadrant personality assessment. 
um, of its time. And so a lot of the psychometrics systems that we see today came from, from this, from the system of disc. So we used it as well in our, in our industry, uh, in our company, we used it. And so here's how our hiring process used to look like using disc is, um, you know, we, we would go through the, the, the resume, the phone interview, the in-person interview, then another in-person interview. And we go through all of this and then finally we would just eventually give them the disc. And so at that point, what did we want us, what did we want the disc to tell us is that it was the right fit, right? So then we spend, you know, 40 or $50 on this, this assessment. Um, and we want the results to come back and we want us to tell us it's a good result. So our founder, Gary Wallstrom, he, he, he thought that was kind of silly. He, he wanted to change the way we went through that whole process. And so a lot of the disc systems that we see as well are some of the other psychometrics, Myers-Briggs, Predictive Index, they lead through HR and they sell to HR. Um, and, and that's not what we want to do. HR has a role, but it's a top-down approach and it has to start with the CEO. So it's based on where the CEO is going and what his or her, her goals are. So the other thing is most assessments are charged per test. So if, if we're going to charge per test or per survey, at what point are you going to use it? Right? Like I just gave you that example, we were using it at the end of the process. So with, with culture index, we want it to be unlimited. That's what Gary Wallstrom's idea was, is for it to be completely unlimited and to test every single human being that touches your business. Um, and so there's no meter to it. So if we're going out to market for a position, we're not starting with the resume first. We're changing the paradigm of how we're going out to market. So we start with the survey first and we use that C job analysis to first see if they are naturally a statistical fit per mathematics and data for that position. And if that's a hit, then we go to the resume and then we go through the rest of our process. Now, we can't see if someone is you know, abnormal or crazy. We can't see that in the data. So you still have to interview. You still have to go through that process. And the other interesting thing about DISC, and have you ever taken a DISC before? I have, yes. So, so have I. And I don't know if you've ever got to some of those questions. You're like, well, that's not really me. And uh, I don't know if that's really me. So I think I'm going to go with this. So it's forced choice testing. And so for us to get to the validity we got to, um, Dr. Jenga and Gary Washington, they got to 0.91 validity, um, which is the sharpest tool that I even know of today, is that we had to get away from forced choice testing. And so we have 174 adjectives. It's either you or it's not you. You either check it or you don't. And, and that's how we get to the statistical validity that we got to um, is getting away from that. So any questions on, on how we do that? So ideally what you're saying is um, the cultural index to the disc should be more like them because they're not having to choose anything specifically. Um, it just opens up to who they are and, and who they aren't, so to say. Well, it's not just that. I mean, the validity on this, I mean, you you know, the EOC wants 0.7 or higher validity to use for hiring or a firing tool. Um, you know, this is about 0.55 to 0.65. So it's not statistically good math. So I'll hear a lot of times people say, you know, they have a bad taste in their mouth with taking these personality surveys. It's because 
we're not really using clean data or clean math when we're going out to market. So if I, if I give you the example and I say, hey, I'm a, I'm a 60% sharpshooter, Kyle, um, how, how good of a sharpshooter am I? I don't know that I want you to take the shot. <laughs> right, right, yeah. You know, I mean, so if I have if I have a, the, the, the the almost a forty percent variance on what I'm about to shoot, um, that's not really a good shot. So when we increase the validity and we get up to a point nine, the accuracy of what we're doing is so much sharper. I mean, we're giving them extremely crisp data with every single person or human decision that they're making. And, so and you, you should be skeptical. I mean, I was skeptical when I started using it as well. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, so you had mentioned kind of how you used to uh, do a hiring process. What does your current hiring process look like uh, in your business? So if we are going out to market, you know, we have, like I said, over 100 people. We check first to see if we have any diamonds in the rough. So, you know, based on this, we built out an org chart with the data. So we have the, the, the graphs of all of our human beings that work for us, and we know the data. So we've strategically built this team over the past several years based off mathematics and data. And so we know who we want to be grooming. But if it's a new client that's coming on board, I want them looking at their bench. That's where we're going to go first. So if we don't have anyone on the bench, then we're going to go out to market. And... So if we're going to go out to market, as far as the process goes, is we build what that ideal position looks like. And then as we post this job and as people apply, every day we're filtering through, you hit a button, and we're seeing how many statistical matches that we have for that position. And then they, then they go through their interview process from there. And so when you put out a job ad on any board or wherever you're posting it, when someone goes to apply for that job, they have to take – the CI, uh, the cultural index survey while they're, when they're applying. Yeah. So we have it in the link and my clients, they have the link embedded in every single ad that they put up or on their websites. If they have their ads, wherever they have their ad, the link is embedded in there. And so if, uh, if I was, uh, trying to work for your company, I saw your ad, I would click on that. I would take the survey uh, along with sending my resume in, that goes to, you know, who does that go to in your organization? Do you allow like each of your managers to do the hiring for their division or, or how does that uh, look in your business? Uh, yeah, great question. So yes, every, every person, every manager in their division has been trained in the program. They've been extensively trained. And so, yes, they have what their team looks like based off of culture index and they're hiring towards that ideal. And so what do you generally see uh, when I know when you showed me the demonstration, you know, like there was some people that had applied that were, you know, over 90 percent match to, you know, the job that you had built out. Is there kind of a rule of thumb about how close of a match you want to be? Is there some human interpretation left up to that or, or how does what is kind of that baseline, I guess? So my baseline is, you know, we, we usually set our filter about a 65 to 70% match and we, we, we run it from there. And so again, I can't see someone's moral compass in this. So they could be a 99% match and it couldn't, it still could be the wrong fit. So there's three legs in this stool for us is, can they do the work? Do they want to do the work? 
and are they naturally hardwired to do the work? And the first two I can't see. You know, if they if they can't do it, or they might not want to even drive to where our location is. I can't change that. They might not want to do the work that we're asking them to do. But statistically, we're making good bets with the data that we're using. Yeah, so it's not the end all answer. So you still have a process, a process and system set up to fill in those first two buckets. You know. Yeah, it's it's not a silver bullet, but we're increasing the likelihood of success for every position in everybody's company. So we're stacking the deck in their favor for every single strategic person or human they're bringing into their organization. And a lot of the companies that I see, you know, especially those 15 million and under that we're working with, is that you know they'll be lacking what I like to call some vitamin A. You know, so I have a I have a you know, huge, huge visionary CEO that's got the brunt of his whole company riding on his shoulder and he hasn't either learned or hasn't found how to surround himself with more vitamin A, like what I like to call it, um, or more highly autonomous individuals on the team to help drive growth. You know, so there's, there's those three legs of the stool. I also, there's, there's three pillars, which is there's the gas pedal, there's the brake pedal, and there's the people glue for every organization. And if we don't have all three of those in an organization, the probability of success isn't going to go up. We need all three to win games. And so that's what we focus on with the CEOs. Yeah, that's, that's great. Um, I know having at least creating any system or process, I see so many companies that, that just have nothing, right? They, they want to, you know, Hey, I think we need to hire somebody. Okay. And, and they throw an ad out somewhere and, you know, they, they hire in desperation, but what that just causes back, you know, in the long run is, is stress and poor performance for everybody. But every once in a while you get lucky, right? And you, and you get the right person in there. Um, and, I, and I love how you utilize different tools and you have that system set up. And so I would say for any of the listeners, you know, if you're going to be hiring people is to create some sort of process and use any tools that are available to you to, to help you come uh, to that. So when you first meet with a potential client uh, on this and stuff, what do like, what are you trying to find from them to make sure that this is going to be a good fit and they're going to utilize this? And so when we first start with is we have them survey themselves, we have them survey themselves and their leadership team um, to see if it's going to be the right fit. I mean, we're, we're, and it's not for everybody. We're strictly working with strategic visionary CEOs to help them put a strategic plan in place for the organization or give them a lens on the organization. So where, where, where are they going? Where are the problems and where are the successes and how are we going to make, how are we going to transform that design based on people? Awesome. That's good stuff and really kind of help them, you know, build that out from there. Uh, so Chaz, a lot of great information here. On, on utilizing, you know, this tool that's, a, I think, a big tool to put in someone's toolbox to, to make sure their company's definitely going in the right direction and they're getting that right people in the right seats on the bus. Uh, kind of brings me to uh, the end of our segment here, uh, Power's Powerful Point. Chaz, what powerful point <clears throat> do you have for the listeners today? Um, I think the paradigm shift for me was that it's more about understanding and leveraging the data to drive business growth rather than simply using it as a hiring tool. So we can keep bringing on a players to a team, but if we don't know how to onboard them and motivate them, what happens? And so if we can learn how to 
communicate to our team and we can leverage our teams. And again, 90% of what we're doing is keeping the good talent, 10% hiring. The probability of your top and bottom line are significantly going to change. Yeah, that's great. I, I love that because talking with a lot of uh, different people in this industry, one of our biggest you know concerns is turnover, uh, especially for some of the more entry-level positions. And if we can figure out how to keep the good people on our teams you know, and, and really bring down that turnover, uh, like y- you talked about some of those entry-level positions, that can be a huge, huge game-changer uh, you know, for the listeners. Um, and I understand that uh, you actually have a great offer for the listeners uh, something to get them involved with this. Could you tell me about that a little bit? Yeah. So anyone that has any interest in uh, taking this for a test drive and seeing what kind of horsepower or lack thereof you have on the team, um, I'd be happy to give them a complimentary access to survey their whole leadership team, um, followed by a complimentary 30-minute call if they so choose to go through their team and understand high level what they have. And you can reach me at uh, chasmoscarino.com, or I'm sure you'll have my email and, and other information um, after the show that you can give them. Yeah, absolutely. What we'll do is we'll just put that link uh, right in uh, on our website on tonyhoodie.com with the podcast there uh, so they can easily just click through and find you. Uh, Chaz, I thank you so much uh, for your time here on the show today. Uh, I really appreciate that offer that you're giving out to the listeners to go ahead and survey their their leadership team and, and have a free call behind that because I know you tested me. Uh, I took the survey uh, before we even started this whole journey at making this podcast and you know you were pretty spot on uh, ab- about who I am and, and, and how I operate in, in work and how that pertains to the work that I'm doing right now. So I definitely think the listeners should take advantage of that. And again, thank you so much for being on the show. And I look forward to having you on a future podcast. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Lead Gen Leaders Podcast. For a free consultation on how Tony Hody Training and Consulting can assist with your home remodeling business, please visit TonyHody.com. That's T O N Y. H-O-T-Y dot com. Thank you for listening.